0: Hello and welcome to a Meathead Hippie podcast. I am your host Emily Schramm and I am living in a van and so stoked about it. It's like exceeding my expectations. So it has been the best time. Last night I found the darkest place in North America which is Marathon, Texas. And although it was a full moon where I saw Mars a millimeter away from the moon, and it was so fantastic, it is going to be the place that I potentially stay for a bit just so that I can see how dark it gets. There's astrology, astronomy galore, telescopes all over. Full beluga medicine is in effect here without the water. (laughs) So I am having the best time just taking uh, the, the turns that I feel like I should take and following my intuition, which in human design might be your spleen or your sacral. But what I will say is it's not your mind. Our mind is useless when it comes to how we make decisions and not just like, yes, I mean, it's great. And it's good that we use logic. But in the flow of things and how things are changing. It's more important right now than ever to get your mind to settle, to get your mind to calm down and to listen to your body signals about taking that turn or turning here or not staying there or saying yes to that or saying no to that and trusting that. And that's what van life has really expedited or really exasperated for me. And I really just love that whole entire process. So today is a different type of podcast. I am going to just take you on a journey with a National Fish Hatchery, a deep dive into nerdy facts about conservation efforts and visiting this place that was so random and out of the blue. It was called Neosho, Missouri, the town, very Gilmore Girl-like, and Neosho means cold clear spring in Native American, or it's translated as that. So it's a town of springs, and there's just nothing that goes wrong when you are around water. So just so excited about this episode. I hope you enjoy it. It's a little different. We're going on a field trip and here we go. <laughs> I'm Emily Sharam, the ultimate Meathead Hippie. Welcome to the show. Okay, you are with me. I just took the exit. I am at the Neosho National Fish hatchery. What is a fish hatchery? Well, we are about to find out and about the importance of it. I just have to say, though, because I was still in this, what am I doing? Where am I going? Why am I doing this? This sounds familiar, right? The things that we question ourselves, the doubt that we have, and then a bald eagle shows up. So a bald eagle was literally waiting at the fish hatchery as I pulled up, which is always the sign. If you've taken my bird quiz, you know you just follow the birds. Birds will always bring you back home. And so I knew I was in for a treat. Okay, what's a what's a fish hatchery? Let's start with
1: that. 17 acres back in probably 1887 and then fo- uh, founded in 1888 as one of the f- one of the first wow. federal fish hatcheries, which that also blows my mind. 1880s, who was thinking about conservation? <laughs> right, that's what I was. Saying. People I was- on that train were shooting buffalo for for sport. And Let's see if we can them, hit them,
0: letting them rot. Yeah, because yeah.
1: because the world was endless back then, and mm. it was manifest destiny, and it was. It was, you know, the gods looking down on you or or whatever they wanted to say that you could just go and do and cut down all the trees and use up everything because it was never going to run out. So who was thinking of conservation? The the smart ones. Yeah. (laughs) The handful of people who said, wait a minute. We are starting to run out.
0: And running out we are. This is Jen Schramm speaking. She's the educator at the Neosho National Fish Hatchery. Schramm, like literally, Shram with an A, which we didn't know until seconds before I departed. So it was a moment. She has been working at the fish hatchery for a year, but has been in conservation and working with animals for a very long time. And one of her projects actually was to help observe and conserve birds in Hawaii. How many fish do you guys output? It's uh,
1: about 180,000 a year. Oh my gosh. Excuse me. you okay.
0: Okay, so that was Jen's boss calling her seconds after I asked that question to let her know that that very moment the guys had showed up to finish exporting the 180,000 fish for the year to their proper location. The serendipity was insane. It was so fun to get front row seats of this and see this firsthand. And it was also really cool because they hadn't hit their quota for two years and they were absolutely hitting it this year. So to rewind a little bit, where am I? What am I doing? Let's pretend I'm a middle schooler and I'm getting off a bus. I just got off the school bus.
1: Yes, and I want you guys to look around and look at all the different things that you see. And when we get to our spot, we're going to talk about that. And then they're all like, what, huh? What do you mean? We have to work? This is a field trip. (laughs) Yes, you must think. You must know things. We are now in the year 1888. So if we stop and look around, what was here in 1888 and usually the first thing the kids say is the trees And it's like entirely possible that one of these trees was here there's some good sized trees over here but none of those houses Keep turning around this way nothing over here none of this specifically no cars no electricity that stuff had been invented but it wasn't out here in the Wild West yet by 1888. <laughs> the two things that were here, you can see in this direction. What two things do you see over here that would have been here back in that time? A stream. Ooh, yes, the water. <laughs> the water. It's not just a stream. You notice it's coming from a pipe mm-hmm. that is a spring. Oh, so it's coming up from underground. This is Harrell Spring because Mr. Harrell owned this property at one point. Okay, and it's 250 gallons a minute. Our little cave crayfish that you saw in the visitor center washed out of this spring, so we know that it's attached to a cave system somewhere. How cool! This part of the world is incredibly karst, so there's caves everywhere. Karst means caves. Yes.
0: I didn't it's even know that till today. Karst
1: topography meaning like limestone formed caves. Beautiful. Yeah. What's the other thing that's over here that would have been here? A dam? A railroad? Ooh, the railroad. Yes. So the Transcontinental Railroad was connected in 1869. With that famous picture where you see the two t- trains kind of back to back and there's, and there's a guy standing there and they both have like a bottle of, of water from the uh, Atlantic Ocean, the Pacific Ocean, and they connected it. So that is a very busy line today hmm. was the only means of getting anything anywhere back in 1888. Wow. So we have water to raise fish in and we have a means to get those fish other places. Those are the two things you need to have a fish hatchery. Because it's no good to raise thousands of fish and keep them here. You have to put them out into the wild. That's the whole point is to replenish populations.
0: And replenishing populations of fish is exactly what this hatchery and hatcheries across the country are doing. But it is not just about keeping the fish population high. How does one explain how important a hatchery is for the ecosystems?
1: You can do that food web game, which I play with kids right here in this field. <laughs> so can, again, off the bus, come on over here, let's run around. I want to be on and this how, bus. <laughs> uh, how everything is connected. Yeah. You take one piece out, like taking out one domino, how it sets them all off. Yeah. You, you can't do that without it eventually causing cataclysmic results. So if you like to live and you like to eat... You have to have a working ecosystem support that.
0: And although there are so many conservation efforts in action and a convention, even right now as I speak, happening for these conservation efforts, public pressure has to exist for change to occur. And then the types of
1: fish that you are hatching. Oh, yes. Tell me about that. So this is a spring, so it's coming from underground. That means the water is between 54 and 64 degrees year-round. That's cold. Yes. So it's perfect for cold water fish. Yeah. Like trout. Mm. Rainbow trout are not from this part of the world. They are originally found in the Rockies. Um, however, since the 1800s, when people started raising them, you can now find them worldwide. So it's it's an introduced species, not necessarily invasive not a good idea but we we know better now but we didn't know better then so it's just one of those things. They taste really good. People like to catch them so they are still a number one trout being raised. So
0: every time you or your friend goes fishing and pays a fish permit to keep the fish, catch the fish, catch and release the fish, and you follow the rules about what types of bait to use, you are doing a huge service to the state and to the country and to the ecosystems. And just a really important note, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Department has budget cuts year over year 24%. So these types of permitting and these types of conservation collection dollars are really, really important.
1: The coolest thing I think we're doing right now is our muscle program. And we'll go in and check out the muscle lab here in a minute. But I think they are starting to load fish.
0: And loading fish, they are. It was so cool to watch all of these fish and the process. They do it all by hand. It's not some fancy machine. It's just watching load by load taking the fish to where they need to go and before I get into mussels I did ask about the question of how many birds of prey (laughs) what's their percentage and they take about 10 percent of the total output fish at this hatchery so it's a nice little snacky snack spot for them I was thinking and when I asked you like what are what's the importance of mussels and you said it it just kind of blew my mind,
1: but yeah. they are the filtrators. Right. Mussels are filter feeders, so they wow. will filter all kinds of things out of the water, even things that are very nasty and detrimental to humans. Which is kind of a lot of things right now yeah. floating in our yeah, there's environment. There's all kinds of stuff out there in the water, and wow. water filtration plants for towns are costly and expensive, Then mussels do all that for free.
0: I think this is the biggest takeaway of this podcast, knowing what's in your water. It is hard to test, but when you can, when you do, you will be blown away. It is so important to find natural, fresh, and clean sources of water. I've been using findaspring.com for my van life expedition, but check your water. How do you guys test your water? Is it It's a daily
1: process. It's a daily process, yeah, yeah and we're testing for... Well, we're testing for chlorine to see if any of the town water with all the dozens of pipes under here have accidentally leaked into the spring water Um, but then also for other chemicals that could could damage everyone not just fish right
0: in communities with big farming practices especially conventional farming practices this is even more so important because the runoff is so real and the worse the soil gets the thicker it gets the more arid it gets the harder it gets when rain comes or when it's watered all it does is spray off into the surrounding ecosystems and that means pesticides and anything that is chemical or toxic is getting leached into the water sources Muscles are in decline and endangered. That was because actually way back in the day, buttons, they were used for buttons. And that was a really interesting topic to learn about how we just kind of take without knowing the impact long-term. But here's a little bit more about the importance of muscles in the entire ecosystem themselves.
1: They are parasitic. So the little larvae are called Glycidia, and they look like little Pac-Man. And they will um, attach to the gills of a fish and then kind of feed off the fish for, depending on the mussel, somewhere between two and three weeks usually, and then drop off and start their life as a baby mussel. And
0: so how many do you guys output,
1: I guess, a year average? I'm not sure yet. We're still
0: new in the program. Cool. So this is just another perfect example of the importance of this entire food web and cycle. If a fish becomes endangered, which it is endangered, the host of the mussel. now the muscle doesn't have a place to even have a start of life in. And we can see how this cycle continues and continues and why we're in the position we're in and the importance of something like a fish hatchery. The final thing I want to share is that inside the visitor center, I met the wonderful rosalie and rosalie did something that all of us can do starting next spring which is just researching native species and pollinators of plants and converting your garden your yard and everything around you to make sure that it supports the ecosystem in your local native area oh thank you so much for this beautiful day you're welcome
1: Come what back and see
0: us again. Oh, I totally will. We're open seven days a week. Woo! <laughs> Everyone <laughs> come here. Visit. It's free. It's yes. free. Thank you. Thank you. All right. That is it for my Meathead Hippie Podcast field trip edition. I hope to have many more of these. If you like it, please share. Please tell me support at emilyshram.com. I love hearing from my listeners and from anybody who has an idea of something like this that I can explore and bring awareness to because the more we bring awareness to it, the more we can impact change. This podcast is brought to you by three beautiful, amazing products that I use every single day. Number one, Equip Foods. If you go to Equip foods.com slash M. You'll see all the products that I love. I use their prime protein the most post-workout, an incredible source of protein on the go. And when I am living in a van, I also use drink element salts. So drink lmnt.com slash meathead hippie for a 15% discount. These are so delicious. They're like crack and I love adding them to my water to make sure that I'm staying hydrated, not just drinking water and peeing all the time. And then my own supplement brand, my You can use the code meathead hippie for 15% off. I highly recommend checking out our new recycled box packets, daily packets of supplements like the essentials or like the skin protocol. And I also Obsessed, am obsessed with the magnesium tri mag, which you can see all at myempirica.com. Thank you for listening, and I hope to see you back here soon.